Okay, give me another mic check, please. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. It's Monday, November 9th. Welcome to Eat of Virginia. Hello and welcome to Eat It Virginia. My name is Scott Wise and I'm joined, as always, by my friend, my friend, Ruby Martin. Ruby, I have a very important question for you tonight. Holy moly. Okay. Do you believe in love at first sight? Yes. Tell me why. There's, like, not a sandwich that I don't love at first sight. I'm glad we're thinking along the same lines because... (laughs) Oh, no, are we? Yeah, because tonight's episode, today's episode, we interviewed Chef Sarah Toko over at... Fine Creek Brewing in, in Powhatan. Oh, you're going to bring up the pizza. And I fell in love, <laughs> not with Sarah so much. I oh, mean, so she's a, much with Sarah. She's a, <laughs> she's a lovely person, and I really enjoyed meeting her and getting to know more about her, and we'll do that in a second. But the pictures that she posts on her Instagram page, specifically Amazing. the pizza. What is with you and sweet pizza? I mean, pizza and sweets are two of my favorite things in this whole world. In so the entire world. You can put them together, it's like two great tastes that taste great Mind together. Blown. I know. Yeah, and we really enjoyed our time out there speaking with her. We'll get to that interview in just a moment. But first, a pretty big week in uh, the history of our country here, Roby. Holy crud! Did you hear about the election results? No, actually, what are they? Eat of Virginia was voted second best podcast in Richmond by the readers of Richmond Magazine. Congratulations! We're going to concede to the to the to the to, to, to the, the first Biden winners. No, 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 no. We're not getting involved with that. No, no, no. I'm, we're not getting political here. We're going to concede to the folks that won the the number one podcast in Richmond. But what? We're coming after them next year. We are. We're going to organize. We're going to canvas. We're going to poll. Are you going to take a bunch of that payer pizza out? That's a great. I don't know if it's that. That might, that might violate some campaign ethical rules. But what free payer pizza if you vote for us? I to think be that's probably one? problematic. Yeah, I but. feel like Sarah would be behind that. So we got a lot of things, Scott. I got a lot of things. What do you have? So I've been since since March, which I feel like is like everything everybody says. Since March, things have been like boo boo boo, right? <laughs> yes, I agree. So let, let the record show that Roby did the thumbs down sign. <laughs> the moving thumbs down sign along with that sound effect. It wasn't just the sound effect. So. Well, Okay, so that's cool. But, like, there's, like, things happening in Richmond and the food scene. And I know it's still, like, struggles and struggles and struggles. But still. So. Good things or bad things? I can't tell what you're, I can't tell what, what you're trying oh, to say Oh, no, no, here. no. I don't want to talk about any bad things. Okay. I think we don't talk about All only good things. things. All good things. All good things. Sweet vibes. Great vibes. Um, we were at Ghost Ship Sandwiches. Someone was asking me the other day if I've had a ghost ship sandwich before. That's out of Laura Lee's. Is that the situation? It's out of Laura Lee's kitchen, but she's formerly of Mama Zoo's. The woman behind ghost ship sandwiches. Her name is Liz. Liz. Yes. And apparently they're outstanding. So we need we need to get on that bus. There's a vending machine to go. Is that new? Vending machines to it's, go? Isn't no, no, no. that kind of so like, like a- it's like um Overnight oats and... Oh, healthy, healthy foods. Yeah, and grain bowls, but you can get them in a vending machine in Manchester. The name of the place is called Elia. So there's that. And then there is a... This is relevant to your interests. There's a pop-up candy spot by the people of Charm School. And where is that? I've not heard anything about that. I know. Look at your face. It's what called is, Recess. Okay. And is it down near the ice cream parlor? It's, it's there. You can order online and then they will deliver these things to your house candy yeah what am i drinking right now by the way this is absolutely delicious what i'm this is what happens i want to reset again the roby compound uh, you have an apple it's full (laughs) y'all we're at the we're at the roby martin estate again we're back outside you might hear uh the cicada and you might hear some children frolicking in the woods burning it's very romancy for scott right now i'm getting a little worried ryan's looking at me through the window like he's he wants to know what's up he didn't give him okay he doesn't give a rat did you know that there's also a to-go place for hot dogs now i mean no where is that it's got buns hun it's got buns on from the <laughs> from the famous Sir Mix-a-Lot song. Yes, beautiful it's crab rolls, lobster rolls, hot dogs. I think, and don't quote me. 
I think these buffered kids are behind that. Oh, so those over crazy there at kids. the old toasty. Yeah. I'm glad you opened the door to Sir Mix a lot here because um, <laughs> okay. I want to I want to go down a path. I don't like this path. There's huh? a podcast that I listen to called um, How Did This Get Made? And it's by some comedians no. out in Los Angeles. No. And they talk no. about no. movies. No. That no. How do these movies get made? No. In the most recent episode, no. they went deep. Just no. Talking about breaking two electric Not Boogaloo. sure if you heard me, but no. And I just want to let you know no. that it's a great movie. What's a great movie? And you should watch it. No. Okay. It's, it's Though, I will tell you one of our favorite people, Kelly Lemon. Yes. Sent me a message uh-huh. saying, Hip Hop 101. Uh-oh. <laughs> about. I think she's going to make fun of me. The Electric Boogaloo. Yeah. So that's what she'd like you to know about that. What about it? Just that, that is That's hip-hop. all she sent me? She would like you to know that's code? <laughs> I don't know what that code oh. is, but that's what she sent I'm, me. I don't know what that means either. That makes me a little nervous. Yeah, well, don't get involved. I mean, get, no, get involved with Kelly, but don't cross Kelly because she knows I, what's up. I know better than that. <laughs> yeah, because she's... I'm trying to decide if there's anything else we got going on. We got Bonaire Bakery. I heard the new Vale Brewery opened up on Forest Hill. It sure did. Yeah, actually, I heard and actually went. Wait. I had a couple beers. Did you hear or go? Both. Okay, how was it? Uh, Saturday is a lovely day outside. Um, sat outside. Everyone was social distance. You had to make reservations. There was not a long line like we saw. You have to make a resi for a chair? I uh, think you're supposed to. Um, I did, so I don't know what would happen had I not. But I felt like at the at the top of every hour, like there, a line started to form. I'm assuming that's reservation line. Like the four o'clock crowd came and they got seated, and then the five o'clock crowd came and got seated. Did you have a particularly genius brew? You know, obviously it is um, renowned nationally. Like they win all the awards, but it's it's a little too. It's not approachable for me because I'm not a huge beer drinker, and it's very overwhelming. Their menu is very overwhelming to me, and there's obviously there's big differences with their beers, and then there's little nuances with their beers, and I just I'm not educated enough to really probably appreciate what they're doing. To be honest with you, like I'm more of like a five beer kind of place, like a dark, a light, you know, a Belgian. I find the one that I like, and I just kind of stick to it. I mean, they know what they're doing. They don't need they don't need advice from me. <laughs> no, but, no, no, but uh, or us. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> it's it's it's. I enjoy my time when I go there, but it's not like a. It's not um, approachable for me. Everyone's lovely there. Everyone was nice. They helped me out as best they could. But as you know, I need a lot of help. So. Real quick before we head to talk to Sarah, I got a little couple things because this will come out Monday and. I've had a million humans ask me where they should get their Thanksgiving meals. Where are you getting yours, Scott? Have not gotten that far yet. No, have not gotten that far yet. So eat smart if you want to do just you. They're doing singles, so you can order from Eat Smart and she'll get Thanksgiving you a by myself. That I sounds know. lovely. But you know what? Some people have that, so there you go. So you can do that. Homemade by Suzanne is doing it. Big Herms. Do you know Herm? Of course I know Herm. Mm-hmm. Over there on uh, Jackson Ward. He's doing some fried turkey delicious. Herm and I go way back to the Channel well, 6 Well, Herm days. would like you to have fried turkey. Okay. Manchester's Table, which is Jonathan Benet, who used to be at the Jefferson Hotel. She's doing... Um, bring it to you, home stuff. You've got Brenner Pass that has a beautiful set of menus for that. Um, I saw Brittany was promoting a cheese club, social cheese club. Have you seen that on her social media? Joshua Franklin, who essentially, I think we're supposed to be married in another life. You and Joshua? Is he aware of this? No. Okay, well, hopefully he's listening. (laughs) Why in another life? Is he married? No, he's not. No, no, no. I mean, I'm taken in this life, but in another life, it'll be the two of us. Gotcha. Happily ever after. You hear that, Joshua? Dancing in our own hot dog suits. Um, I feel like there's a story there that I'm unaware of. You are. (laughs) Um, It's cool. Anyway, uh, yes, there's a cheese club, which also is great. It is monthly. I think I'm going to do one soon. You should do one. It sounds fun. I think the first one was French cheeses. And we love Brittany. We do. We do love Brittany. We know all about her scary tattoos. They're not scary. They were just scary when she got them. (laughs) You know, I saw on Facebook the the RVA Dine Group that we're a part Mm -hmm. of. And you put in there, you asked folks who we should interview in upcoming episodes and a lot of people i feel like suggested folks that we already interviewed (laughs) yes which tells me that people are not going back in our library to to listen to old episodes so how can they find us scott we are available on 
Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play. You can find us uh, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you can't find us where you get your podcasts, well, A, you couldn't be listening to us now. And B, you should let us know so we can get over there. At Scott underscore Wise. Email him. I think it's now you're going to talk about the pizza. Yes, we're going to talk to Sarah Toko, the chef over at Fine Creek Brewing in Palatan, how she got there and her lovely, lovely pizza. I actually am pretty shy. Seriously? <laughs> yeah, a little Aww. bit. Yeah. I didn't know Dan's that. Dan's like, drink a bunch of wine Me too. I'm start. very shy. Can you tell that about me? Like, really, really <laughs> shy. Watch the levels when it gets started. Perfect. Well, let's let's go through this. Uh, I have absolutely no idea how to pronounce your last name. Toko. So it's Sarah Toko. Yes. And how did you get to Richmond? Uh, honestly, I put up a map on the wall and I went like this with my closed eyes and just like pointed at a spot and it ended up in Richmond, Virginia. And that's how I got here. And it was mostly because I did not want to live my whole life in Minnesota. <laughs> So are you originally from Minnesota? Yeah, I was born in Boston, but spent almost my whole life growing up in Minnesota until I was 22, I think, and then I came here. Mm-hmm. So, And always in food, some type of food, or just, yeah. just recently? Always in food, uh, different, different aspects of things, but when I was, I mean, my first job, I was a sandwich artist at Subway. Was do, not, do, yes. do not underestimate the artistry of a Subway sandwich. That layering is is solid. I mean, they low-key got that layering down pretty they do. well, right? They do. But that's where I started. And then I moved into waitressing and all kinds of things, and then moving into restaurant management. So I ran a restaurant in uh, Minneapolis. It was actually more like a almost like a Jimmy John's. I'm back in the sub business again, but, um, and it was Jimmy John's family. They were all related, but so, but that gave me like general management and management experience. And then we went into second stores. So I became a regional manager. So I was definitely in that aspect of food. Did you serve the juicy Lucy there? No. You know it's called the juicy Lucy. That's a burger, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that a Minneapolis thing? I don't, I don't know. I, heard that I haven't. <laughs> I think that was like the famous Minneapolis food. Gosh, I'm going to feel... are you coming... I mean, it is. Minneapolis. But, you know, it's a famous food, but is it from... a bonding point. Is it? Like, is it Juicy from? Lucy well, is... I mean, you know better than I, since you were from there. I've I mean, gosh. I might have, like, blocked it out. Is like cheese in the middle of the burger? Maybe. It I don't is. know. It's cheese. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> don't edit it out. I feel like this is a moment for us to talk about... How, what, are you... Are you going to have a Juicy Lucy here? <laughs> um, I'm going to have to look up what that is, and then maybe. essentially cheese, like, wrapped in, in ground beef. If you don't know what I'm talking about, what an awkward question for me to ask. She, she's she like, Juicy Lucy. Had um, you, had any of these individuals been able to see her face, <laughs> she literally was like, screw you, Roby. You told me you weren't going to ask me any weird questions. I asked you. I was like, can you send me the questions be beforehand? Fair, you didn't ask that question. Yeah, I but I saw her face. I wasn't aware of your agreement. <laughs> and she, did, I said, "This is what you'll have to answer. Nothing crazy." And and you just launch into a juicy Lucy, which really is cheese inside of a ground beef. That's so it. Just, That's all it is. It's it's just, yeah, and then smashed. I mean, we had like tater tot hot dish and see, all that. Don't you know? That sounds very Minnesotan. But I, I've tried really hard to lose that. <laughs> You said you threw a dart at a map? I and did. In Richmond, like literally? Or no, no, it was like literally my finger, not a dart. But I did. I closed my eyes and I went like that. And that's what you can't see over a podcast. But yeah, like throwing a dart, but with my finger and my eyes closed and ended up here. Yeah. And, and how, long in, how long ago was this roughly? Oh my gosh, my it was the Bush Kerry election because I base everything off politics. But um, so I just remember seeing the Bush signs change at Kerry signs and then back to Bush That's signs as we moved. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. two thousand was Bush Gore. Yeah, and then Bush Kerry. Yeah. Okay. So John Nash, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I know the juicy Lucy. I know my presidential election. Exactly. He's, he just I'm tapping out. Beautiful minds everything. That's awesome. Okay. Hold yep. on, I had to stop for a minute because I I, I love it when I, I am. I got to stop this for just a second because, Sarah, I would like us to take a moment oh, no. <laughs> to check out this hair <laughs> that Scott has rolling right now. I mean, don't you wish that you had that body? <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. <laughs> it's, you are you are 
That is in fuego, my friends. That is what that is. Anyway. I'm I'm going back. I just felt the need that we needed to, like, really give it some airtime. Anyway, back to... You see, look at... There it is, that hair. Um, (laughs) Cape God. Um, So back to... So Minnesota, Richmond, Mm -hmm. sandwiches. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So that was back in Minnesota. So when I came here... Um, I had just had babies, so I wasn't working full time. But when I did come back, I was doing catering, um, mostly working as a bartender. But then I kind of slowly moved into the kitchen and um, and everything else. So I kind of slowly moved into the catering aspect, bartending, food end of things more. Um, and then I applied to be a pastry chef, um, which I had kind of done just for catering, just doing you know cakes and things for for parties, but then I'm, I'm like, I can do this. And so I applied and realized how unqualified I was, but I got hired and I learned a ton. So that's how I went into pastry and I spent 10 years doing that. So. And where was that? That was at the dessertery. Um, so. So Southside. Southside. Great pastries. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Pierre owned it and he, well, Pierre and his brother. So Pierre was the pastry chef and his brother was more the, the business side of things. And his sister, um, they were all, it's a whole family thing. Um, but Pierre was a pastry chef and he needed an assistant. So he hired me and he trained me and, um, we ended up getting married. <laughs> so yada, 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 yada. Wait, so it feels like he hired me, he trained me and we got married. <laughs> so it took, that's illegal these days, it by the took way. years to happen. I mean, a lot of things happened between, <laughs> I'm sure they did. That's what she has to say now because statute of limitations. <laughs> What's the HR department like at that bakery? Yeah, there was, there was no HR. Charge of it. We hit it well. I guess so. Well, not really. Actually, everybody knew, but but no. I mean, it was a slow, slow developing. It was like five years of liking each other before anything happened. So, but or so she says because this is recording. No, I'm it's joking. For I'm totally real. joking. I think it's great. Yeah. So desserts led to love. <laughs> yep. Actually, sandwiches to desserts to love, and now a brewery. Yes. Well, so there was another step in between. So with the pastries, I would be delivering wedding cakes to the mill down the road. And I was like, this place is awesome. I'd like to work here. And because it was like the dessertery is trying to support two full families with kids and everything, uh, we needed a little extra money because it's a small business and you know how that goes. So I would bartend down at the mill. I'd drop off cakes and then I'd stay and bartend. And so I did that for years, and then I switched over permanently as a sous chef for the wedding venue, and that was before we built any of this other stuff on. So um, I was down there for as a sous chef for about three years, and while that was happening, we were kind of think tanking this whole scenario of a brewery and the cottages and everything else. Um, so when this place opened, I moved up here as the head chef. So it's been, it's been 10 years of working for the company, but not full-time those 10 years so let's lay it all out for a second because um my first time here was actually last weekend we were talking about this before we started recording obviously i'd heard of the brewery Mm -hmm. i've seen your beautiful photos on instagram of the food that you produce real quick drop her instagram in in there that would be great if people want to see them what's her instagram it's chef dot sarah with an h dot toco t-o-c-c-o um very sexy food very sexy very sexy (laughs) Um, so, this whole place is, is not like a Richmond brewery. I was in no, Rowan, yeah. Powhatan County. It's a little more, it's much more rural than what uh, the Richmond brewery scene is. And it's sprawling out here. Mm-hmm. So, what exactly is out here? Okay, so the whole place is, uh, the mill at Fine Creek is what it started as, which is the wedding venue. And that's been around since 2003. So, Lisa Benusa is the owner of all of it, um, and then her son Mark also bought into it, so they are kind of a mother-son duo. But it started as a wedding venue, and it was just an old grist mill, like the ruins, which you guys should go check out because it's super pretty. And it's along Fine Creek there, so Fine Creek Mills. Um, And they had just a bunch of kind of old ruined buildings down there that they transformed. So what's our provision store now used to be like an old post office, I think, like way back in the day. But they had a miller's cottage and a bunch of other things that they built onto and created the wedding venue. And that's how we operated for years until 2017 when we built 13 cottages, the general store, and the brewery. 
So it just has expanded greatly since since that time. And how has your job changed over uh, that time? Yeah, so bartending to sous chef to head chef. Um, so it's changed a bit, you know, but it's it's been uh, great to grow with the company because there's a lot of opportunities and a lot of different ways to expand and uh, spread your wings a little bit, especially while we're constantly growing. So it's a pretty cool concept out here, the farmhouse brewery. So we grow a lot of our own stuff. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw the gardens out there, but yeah, it's fun to go down there and pick. I just picked a bunch of um, spinach. We started some fall spinach. So I just picked that for this weekend salad. And it's fun to harvest whatever we can on our own um, as much as possible. And as the executive chef for a brewery, are you cooking or preparing food for the drinkers or for parties that come here? Is both. Actually people that just show up and want to have a, a beer on a weekend or is it for Yeah, it's catering? both. Yeah, both. We have this is a crazy weekend actually because we have our regular Halloween business, which is probably going to be pretty busy and our regular weekends have been really busy, um, this summer, but then we also have a rehearsal dinner tomorrow, a rehearsal dinner Friday an elopement on Monday, and then two rehearsal dinners next weekend. So they come up here before they go down there. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we have um, the weddings that are down there. They well, they'll stay in the cottages. So then they need a place to eat the night before or a brunch after. So they come up here, and I do that. So and that's usually kind of off menu. So we've got a lot of different things going on all the time up here for sure. So, so how does someone plan an elopement? I know. Well, an elopement is a is a loose term that's being. Um, used lately it's you know elopement used to be you go in front of a judge by yourself but we have like 40 people elopement so i think it's really just an off day wedding oh. is really how it is so that's what they're calling it actually i really like that i think that's a good way to say hey i'd like to have my wedding on a monday so we're eloping and you're invited <laughs> right i mean that's kind of how it's been since covid actually is like a lot of midweek weddings or smaller weddings and and Obviously, we're not having huge, you know, 300-person weddings right now. But, yeah, there's been a lot of elopements. And we have a package deal where they elope, get married down at the mill, and then come up here and have, like, on an off day, which is while we're closed, so Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So we I saw some people down there looking nicely dressed a little while ago. Is that Uh, party or is that just people hanging out? No, there's a wedding tonight down there. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, there is. Yeah. Oh, fun. Did you, and you do the food for that or the mill? No, the mill. The catering team done at the mill. So okay. Lisa Benusa, again, the owner, is the head of the whole catering department. And then they have a head chef, Ken. And then Pierre, um, who did own the dessertery, who I'm married to, is now the pastry chef down there doing the weddings and things down there. So incestuous around here. <laughs> but I like it. So incestuous. Well, and to take it further, oh, my sister-in-law, who also ran the dessertery before we sold it, is my sous chef, and she's in back doing all of the work while I'm out here, <laughs> not doing the work. So, <laughs> so we keep it. Affair. Yeah, we keep it in the family. Well, I mean, if you're talented, I mean, I, I will say this: I would not hire my sister-in-law if I didn't think she was talented. I mean, she's a lovely human, but like, <laughs> but like. Like, if I didn't think she could, like, I don't know, make the bread, right? then I, maybe I would just not have her make bread. Right. Well, I have to say, though, the Toko family, Pierre and his sister and the whole family are, like, the hardest working people that you've ever met. So she just knows exactly what needs to be done. And, and we have the same work style because we both trained under Pierre. So we work really well together. Yeah, it's, it's great, actually. She's she's definitely my my needed right-hand woman. I bet you there, there are some really good stories in the kitchen with, with those three working together. <laughs> it's fun. What happens if one of you guys has a fight with the other? I mean, what happens um, then? We just, you know, we pretend we don't fight when it comes to work. Okay. But, like, at home, it can be, like, you know, political this or whatever. But, you know, at work, it's work. So... So what do drinkers at a brewery like to eat? So bar food, but different. (laughs) So that was kind of the idea. It was bar food, but kind of a whole different idea of bar food. You know, all homemade, everything from scratch, that kind of idea where it's a lot of effort put into it, but still touchable, approachable food, which is sometimes hard to get the balance of, but... For a brewery, I think, you know, we do a lot of things like sandwiches and, and pizzas and things like that, which people want with beer. But we just decorate it differently or put different ingredients, different flavor profiles to those things. Like you saw the, the peach pizza, which... Oh, the peach pizza. <laughs> 
I she love, eludes me. I love. But I will have her one day. Sweet and savory together. So this whole interview was set up by a photo that you took of your peach <laughs> pizza. Which September, you August September when was yeah that? I think it was August I think August. and you reposted it and I got m- more likes than any other thing that I have ever posted and I was like you guys holy crap so that peach Look. pizza brought us here <laughs> to this moment and when's it coming back when well, when's the next shot at her and next next peach season you're gonna have to wait a year. I know. Well, because we get a lot you don't of want canned peaches you don't. on your peach pizza. I mean, okay, so hold it's on, worth Scott. It. I'm, w- I'm willing to wait. I got I got things here. So I bet, Mister Peach Pizza, I bet she does other fun, popular stuff. So, <laughs> actually, the most popular pizza is the blackberry pizza. Oh my gosh! And I it's funny because a lot of peaches. Really? I mean, yeah. A lot of people will be like, "Really, blackberries on a pizza?" And then they eat it, and they're like, "Whoa, this is like our." We got this this auditor guy came in and he was like, he just was, you know, checking things out or whatever. But he came in and he was like, oh, I came in and I had this blackberry pizza. And it was the best thing I ever ate. And I'm like, really? That's not what I would think. But, I, you know, people talk about it. We went to the doctor and the doctor was like, where do you work? And we told them and the doctor was like, I had a blackberry pizza there once. And he was like, this is definitely the best selling pizza I've ever made. So explain it to our listeners and to us. What exactly, like, it's not a pizza with sauce and cheese and all no, that. No, so like, it has, exactly? it's homemade ricotta, or as my sister-in-law would say from New York, rigot, and I say it wrong. But um, <laughs> homemade ricotta, but I put lemon in it and sometimes ginger in it. Um, basil fresh from the garden, mozzarella, and blackberries. Mm. And then we'll do a balsamic reduction or sometimes hot honey. just depends on what mood I'm in. And it really is like up here, a lot of the food that I serve isn't, it can be planned, but there's always a plan B, C, D. And by the time I get to the menu, like this weekend's menu is like the eighth iteration of what it was supposed to be because it's what's left over, what we had at the mill, what's growing in the garden that I didn't know was going to pop up. So it's just constant it's like a chopped basket waiting for me every single weekend and it's always like oh we don't have enough of this but we have more of this change everything and so it's just and sometimes it'll be different on thursday and friday because i just can't i have no idea what it's going to be ever (laughs) i mean that's actually one of my favorite ways to eat and it's interesting that you say that because someone who i grew up in a kitchen and so like a restaurant kitchen and it always looked like that uh-huh you know like everything that's ends go into a soup or right. a stock or right. a whatever and i love that that's how your menu evolves because that's i mean it just shows that you guys are back there really thinking about how you can pair it with the beer right. and what you can use that's local blackberry pizza <laughs> My mind is blown. Well, I really think this is like your thing, though, because a little known fact about Scott or a real known fact about Scott is he really digs sweet things like everything sweet, like has a massive sweet tooth. So pizza that might be on the sweeter end is essentially like right up this alley. Oh, yeah. Hand to God. That's probably all he'll eat for the rest of his life. <laughs> I'm willing to make that commitment. I know you right I know. Right I know now. you are. I'm elope with those folks down to be a <laughs> Do they have blackberry pizza? Probably not. not probably tonight. not. Yeah. Like I said, she will be mine. Um, I am Wait, that was the peach pizza that you said that about. He said he's back. Uh, he's back peach, blackberry. He's, he's left peach and now he's over he's a blackberry because <laughs> he likes I them. I think the peaches feel sad. I, uh, I have a question about pairing food with beer. Uh-huh. Now, I don't want the expert level education right now. I want like the basic, like I'm at the grocery store. I'm trying to impress somebody with a dinner that I'm making. Like, what are the mistakes that I could possibly make with the, the pairings? And what's like, the, what are the easiest, like, the, well, the go-to stuff? I guess I would say it's probably similar to wine in that you don't want to choose the heavier stuff with a heavier meal. And, um, you know, what notes the beer has, if it's citrusy or hoppy. With what you're serving, it might not go well with, like, a heavy marinara or, you know, those types of things. It just depends on what you're kind of like wine what you're what you're looking for in in the beer and here the fla- the flavors we say flavors we don't say flavors that's like the the brewery no no we don't talk about flavors we talk about style um but his styles are also very different so it's definitely hard to pair some of them some of them are really easy to pair lager is easy to pair with anything but trying to do like a thai tea milk stout that's really heavy seems easiest to do with dessert because it feels like a dessert, you know, type of beer. Um, but typically what happens with the beer pairing up here is 
before pre-COVID, we used to spend a lot of time with that. So we'd go over what was happening, what he would have coming up, and I would try to utilize it in the food. Or I would make food, and then he would be like, this is what's going to go really well with it. And he'd sit there for like an hour and helm and haw over it because Brian is a perfectionist in every way and he'd just be like I don't know uh, I don't know if this mm. and, and it would, he would spend so much time pairing things like that but it yeah I mean it would be the, the lighter beers with the heavier things and just like you would with wine you wouldn't want to do too too heavy with too heavy and I have a two part question for you follow up two part question have you stumped him with any of your food yet where he was unable to pair it and then additionally have you ever given him like a menu item and he created the most amazing beer pairing and you just were blown away because of it? So, um, <laughs> no and no. <laughs> okay, next question. <laughs> Moving on, let's erase that one from the record. <laughs> All right. No, I don't think I've stumped him. I'm just over here sitting back watching these two and both of them look at each other and Sarah's like, I don't know if I can answer that. <laughs> I'm going to have to phone a friend, and that friend is Brian. <laughs> yeah, I know. Where's Brian? He was supposed to be here. No, he he is, I'm more stumped than he is on things. He's really good at, at that. I'm actually, I find it harder to pair beers, and here's kind of a weird thing about me is I actually have celiac, so I can't drink beer. So it's really hard for me to pair beer with my food. Um, so, and especially when I'm making a lot of glutinous foods, so it's a lot of tasting and spitting out because I, I can't eat it and then, you know, hoping the headache doesn't kick in. But, um, so it's a lot of their trying it and making sure that, I mean, I try all the food, but pairing it with a beer, unless I want a horrible migraine, I don't typically drink the beer. Mm. So Brian is the main source or the other staff who's really well versed in the beer. Um, but I actually don't get to drink the beer, which is like the, the worst sadness. Because, Brian, before I knew I had celiac and I just thought I was dying all of the time, I would drink beer, and I love Belgian beers more than anything, and yet that's his, like, main style that he's so good at, and I would give anything to drink it. And there are times that I do, and I suffer, and I pay the price, but it definitely doesn't happen on a, a Friday shift when I'm working 13 hours and need to pair something. <laughs> so, sure. yeah, so pairing is harder for me. It's easier for Brian, so I'm more stumped than he is. You mentioned it earlier that you, there's a garden on, on premises that you get some ingredients from, and I know we're out in a rural setting, but is it is there, are you actually like using farmers from around Powhatan, yeah. around Goochland, this part of town? Can you give yeah. some shout outs of some yeah. of the folks that you use and, and Absolutely. What you use from them? So when we first opened, I was like, I'm going to get every ingredient from a local farm, and I spent like two days prior to to prepping the menu, going to like. 10 different farms to pick up every ingredient and we realized really quickly that that was not going to work out um so we did stick with some um and we do use owl orchard a lot for the peaches or apples and pears or whatever they have coming into harvest um we use shalom farms the most so they're just right down 7-eleven so right on my way in i get typically get all my greens from them um pre-covid we did a lot more of that um, than we do now as things had to get a little bit more economical. But we're, we're moving back into that for sure. So a lot of, I would be writing to Sarah over there at Shalom, what do you have? And she would just say, this is what we have going on this week and come pick it up. And, and that would also help create the menu. So Shalom, we would work with Broad Fork Farm, also a lot of their beautiful salads that we would do. So Janet and I would meet at some weird location and do the exchange. And um, so Broad Fork, Shalom, Owl Orchard were the ones we used a lot. Adelaide Hills, we used to get all of our eggs from, some chickens, um, and then we would get pork from John Nadolski. Um, but I guess that's that's the ones we use the most. But there will be ones occasionally where we even need a specific ingredient, ginger from Castlemont, or um, I'm trying to think of any other ones. I, there's tons. I'm just drawing a blank. I love that you guys are so close to Shalom. I think that that's a great farm. I think that mm-hmm. Dominic does a really good job out there, and it's nice. We actually, Scott and I just uh, emceed for the uh, Capital Land Conservancy um, Awards, and one of the teams, they did like an Olympic theme, and one of the teams, in order to get points, volunteered at Shalom and picked kale and awesome. all sorts of good stuff, which I think is a great Vocation. If anybody wants to volunteer at Shalom, they should. Yeah, they do great. Tons of volunteers out there. Oh, and so I know good. they had to take a step back from that with COVID, mm-hmm. which 
was hard, I'm sure, for them because they really rely on their on their volunteers. But we love working with them as much as possible. They're great to work with, and it's a great organization to support. So we're happy to buy from them. So it's, it's definitely a good relationship there. That's very cool to know. So, okay, so... Who is better, really, at dessert baking? Between my husband and I? Mm-hmm. Well, definitely him. He taught me everything I know. Yeah, whatever. Who is really better <laughs> at dessert baking? Let's, well, just, let's just talk about this. It's just me and you here. Nobody listens. <laughs> yes, nobody's listening Don't to the Don't DM podcast. me, people. Who is better <laughs> at baking? So definitely Pierre, but... I would probably have the edge on him on gluten-free desserts. So I created the whole gluten-free dessert line for the dessertery when we owned it. Um, but he, all the recipe he uses now for gluten-free desserts are what I created. So, um, so I did that. But he is definitely, I mean, he's a, a trained European-style, classically trained chef from New York who's trained since he was 15 years old. So I can't possibly beat that. That's just... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I watched. Some- I mean, we're here interviewing you and not him, so that tells you something, right? Who is Pierre? I don't know. No. Who's who's Pierre? I'm totally joking. He was up for an LB not that long ago. Yeah, this is 100 percent true. Yeah. Very, very good egg. I don't think I realized that's who you were married to, so I'm glad to have now learned that. <laughs> Tell me, like, okay, so this celiac thing is hard. I yes. know. Um. What has been, like, the main thing from your cooking or your baking that you have changed? I mean, obviously, I know what the main thing is. But, <laughs> That'd be but, gluten. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, like, what do you, like, is there, like, a, a flour that you use mostly that's not, I mean, that's almond or right? It, it, name a bunch of other ones. Um, or is there, like, or, or, yeah, like, a preference? Like, do you prefer tapioca or, like, how does that work Right, so there's... There's a couple of different blends that I like depending on what I'm making. So for pasta, which I'm always posting pictures of, there's this caputo flour out of Napoli. Um, and they make a whole bunch of great glutinous flours for all different pastry and pizza applications. But they have a gluten-free one. And it actually is wheat starch that the gluten's been taken out of. So, of course, it's highly processed and probably not great on the nutritional scale of things. But most gluten-free flours aren't anyway. But it, it performs like wheat does in a much um, more applicable way for all of the food that I try to cook. So it is by far my favorite. It's probably, it's more expensive on, on the scale of things to use, but I love it. I probably wouldn't use it as much in baking. It's he- it's better for like the heavier the breads, maybe um, pizzas and things like that. But as far as like cakes and things, I'd probably use, well, I have a mix of brown rice and tapioca and potato and that kind of thing. And I do use a lot of almond, a lot of almond flour. Yeah. I actually use a lot of almond flour only because I actually really like it. I know, I do too. I love anything almond. It's, it, I don't know. I mean, I started out doing it because we were on some low carb something or other and almond flour made sense. And um, it just has stayed in my kitchen. So, yeah. I mean, it's, you definitely can, it, it definitely goes bad faster than you would think it does. Right. If you keep it in the freezer, it it stays. Oh, I don't actually put it in the freezer. Look at that. Learn something new. (laughs) I I mean, it's a good thing. It's worth the drive to Powhatan, I guess. Pretty pretty much all nuts go rancid after a while, so keeping them in the freezer is always the best way. Obviously, earlier this year, we had a little bit of a... She's laughing on my hair. She's laughing on my I hair. Too. All right, I'm this. not the only one. She, like, I wasn't. I yes, was, she was. I, you know what? She yours. doesn't know you well you're enough. Laugh at and my hair you're laughing my face. Look at my hair. I've been. I got out of the shower it's, and I mean, just immediately put it up. to get you a ponytail holder. Right. Um, <laughs> I mean, goodness, where's I'm the asking hat? a serious question here. No, you're not. <laughs> He's asking about a plague. No. Yes. <laughs> that is a serious she saw question. She it. She's, she knew it was coming. Okay, here it comes. All right. So, earlier this year, obviously. We had a little bit of issues with a virus that's still with us. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, earlier. How? Uh, how is it? Two hundred and twenty-eight yeah. days. How has it affected your um, business out here in terms of oh, like boy. what you do on a daily basis? I mean, obviously, business is down all over the place. That's not really the question, but like in terms of creating menus and, and, and yeah. satisfying guests. I had to totally change my concept completely from. My my joy, I guess, with cooking is the presentation part. So how I would put things on a plate, the way I'd make it look. Obviously, I, I like to take pictures of it, that kind of thing. That was my big thing. 
if you take that away and put it in a, in a box and it, it looks real sad. So that's part of the problem is everything's gone to disposable. So now it's how can I make this look nice in a box um, with a fox? No, I'm just kidding. Sorry, you added that part up. No, <laughs> just like it went right Dr. Seuss no, there. <laughs> She's a mother. And that is clear college. now. I, yeah, there's a college age and a senior in high school. They are not reading Dr. Seuss, but it just happened. I, I'm um, with you. Anyway, so, but yeah, so the presentation thing has changed a ton. And then the food, too. It had to, I can't do, like, the full meals like I used to do. I'd get, I was starting to get more and more experimentative and more meal-like as opposed to just pizzas and sandwiches. I was doing, you know, slow-roasted foods and putting them on polenta cakes and doing a lot of different meal items, which we had to scale way back on. So when we, when we first reopened, it was literally a sandwich and one other thing, you know, and then it went to three things and four things and then pizzas again. And then it was all cold food for a while. Like, it's too hard to do. We're not delivering to tables. We have to have it ready to go. So it was a whole different concept. And then it was just economical. Mm-hmm. You know, you had to. I used to use a lot of cool microgreens and cool things that I'd get from the farms and spend money on that maybe didn't really need to be spent. But it was part of the presentation that now don't make a lot of sense. So it's scaling back and... But we're we're getting back, kind of. I mean, it is definitely still different, but we are getting back to. I'm back to seven or eight menu items a weekend and trying to, in this new kind of crazy format, but making it work, I guess. So moving into the colder months, because you guys have loads of outdoor seating out here, and I as I look around, I don't. It doesn't look like you guys are doing much inside. Correct. The, <laughs> the brewery. Um, what will you all do from yeah. a chilly? get heater i mean that is just such a band-aid but like will you just get heaters i mean i love how somebody's like oh they'll just get heaters well you know what why wouldn't you just do that on your own porch like yeah. i mean like i mean oh god right. do not dm me about that but like, <laughs> but like go to the restaurant yeah, support them yeah, but like what what like what will be some of the steps you take so we are planning on opening up a little bit indoors we just have to make it somehow doable where we have a line still that we are not you know people are still able to be spaced out so that's the hardest part is this is not a huge tap room so maybe putting a couple tables on the brew floor those you know just rearranging so we have six or seven tables maybe in here but we are planning and possibly enclosing the deck that's kind of in the works right now and not enclosing in a in a super crazy enclosed way but kind of loosely enclosed with the heaters so that it's at least slightly warm but we do have fireplaces so we have the indoor fireplace the outdoor fireplace the fire pit and then um we actually got two more fire pits out there so we have a lot of fire pits and you can be cold as crazy out there and just sit in front of fire and it's still fun so maybe fireplace on windows open in here i mean like that could be it could be yeah definitely and right now we always have the doors open during service windows up doors open to keep air circulating so nothing's just sitting in here so that will probably be a little harder when it's freezing outside. I don't, I mean, we do have a lot of space. We do have a lot of heaters. We do have a lot of fire pits. So I think even just based on where we were last year when it was really cold, I think we'll be okay. I don't think it's going to be, you know, dead, dead. Sure. I think it's going to be okay. Sure. And we've been actually really busy. It's actually been a good, a good season. We were really optimistic going into the fall because it's just been the bringing some festivals back and doing some fun things and just having it be really busy and and we've actually it's kind of funny that the business practices that have changed due to covid i think a lot of businesses will have realized some things you can do differently as businesses to make it more economical that will never go back after covid because they make a lot of sense that maybe we didn't think about before and such as what well the way that we're doing it now we have less staff um than we did before but we're doing you know just as much in sales probably that we were doing before so those costs are down we don't want to stick with disposables because we're pretty conscious of the environment and we do get combustible or compostable that's what i mean to say nothing's combustible. <laughs> with all the fire pits i mean yeah, everything's I mean, we, combustible actually, around here. In the brewery, yeah, yeah. actually we do burn like most of the boxes we get but we do. We just got a huge recycling bin outside um, that we usually would just use to take down to the mill. But now it's so much that we got a recycling bin. But we don't like, you know, using so many disposable items. So hopefully that will go back. But some of the ways, the processes of the way that we're doing things now, doing it all very fast, 
we have less staff doing it and and I think that might be something that we carry further not that that's good to to lose people um but business-wise as far as making it work financially I guess some of these practices are maybe we didn't need so many extra things maybe we didn't need to do you know some of these things were superfluous and we didn't need them you know so I think a lot of businesses are reassessing how they're going to move forward even after this so you know we're we're like every other business just trying to figure out how to move forward every single day but you've got a, a decent plan so that's an interesting question in terms of business because you don't own this business. I don't, no. But you work here and your husband works here and your sister-in-law works here. Correct. So And my niece works and here your, and your niece in works the kitchen, here. yep. So we are all highly... You have a lot tied into this place. We do have a lot tied into this place. I mean, place. how does that... You're not the owner, so there's a certain level of, of responsibility that you don't have, mm-hmm. but your whole family is counting on this place to Correct. survive. Yes. Yeah, it, Actually, the first thing we thought was, thank God we sold the business before this hit. Um, we sold the dessertery a while ago, and just thank, we were so thankful to not be business owners. But at the same time, we're also at the mercy of the business owner, you know, and, and a lot of people do, they did get let go, you know, and uh, we're very thankful to them for being um, who they are in the sense that they tried really hard to keep the full-time people that they did. And they worked with us in whatever way they could to make it work. Um, so they definitely um, put a lot of value on their employees. So it was, it's nice to work for a company who does value that. Uh, for sure, there could have been, it could have been a definitely different scenario. And especially for pastry, that's always kind of the first thing to go because it's kind of considered frivolous to a lot of banks, you know. But um, I think by reopening and showing that we can still do what we do. And he's busier down there too, because more people are coming to the general store now that it's a coffee shop and he's selling pastry like he's never sold before. So, you know, the weddings aren't as big, but we're still having a lot of them and he's doing almost all the wedding cakes. So I think proving that we're still worth it is helpful (laughs) and that we're still bringing in business, I think is the important thing. I think if, if we weren't able to do that, I don't think they would have a choice, but, um, but we're thankful that business has been as it's been so that we're all able to keep our jobs. Awesome. Yeah. Well, if we were looking to find you, other uh, than your Instagram, which is chef.sarah with an H dot toco, <laughs> where else could we find some of the lovely creations that both you and your husband are making? Physically? Like well, where we're located right now? Now at the coffee shop. Right. I didn't realize that he was doing pastry, Yes. Okay. Really cool so. We just opened the coffee shop down there this uh, summer. Yep, and um, it's great coffee too. Shane, the the owner's daughter's boyfriend, another family uh, member. <laughs> oh, the whole family is is very involved. Uh, the owner's son, one of them, helps with the business aspect of things. Her husband is a CPA, so he does all the, you know, the financial aspects of things. And then Mark bought into it, so he's he's partial owner of the whole business as well. And then Colin, one of her other sons, bartended down here. Um, I bartended with Colin forever. And then her daughter, Lisa, has been working the coffee shop with her boyfriend, Shane. So, it's yeah, it's all in the family. Like, the whole, everybody is involved. But they're all super talented in a lot of different ways. So, it makes sense to have them involved. I mean, they pretty much grew up here, too. Like, watching their mom cater and do all this stuff. So, they're pretty involved. Um, but, yeah, so the coffee shop now has his pastries, and you can go in and just get pastries there, but you can also order birthday cakes and pies and specialty things. What should, what should we order? What's your, what's your favorite that he makes? Honestly, I've always loved fruit tarts, and he almost always has them down there because it's almond. Um, the base of it is, is frangipan. Um, it's actually, you know, pronounced frangipan, but I sound really uh, pretentious saying it, So, but I also sound really southern or American saying frangipan, so I usually just call it Franny G, but people don't know what that is. So, but it's the Midwestern term, yeah, for it. exactly. It's the Minnesotan term for <laughs> Franny G. Um, but so, yeah, and it has the pastry cream on top of that, and then the fruit. And I love fruit things just like pizzas, but um, so that's always been my favorite thing that he's ever made. But the biggest seller by far are his chocolate eclairs. He, I mean, they are they sell out every single day, they're so good. Yeah, because it's hard. It's hard to find. Yeah, also with the pastry cream. Yep, pastry cream. I gotta tell you, I can eat a bucket of pastry. Oh man, it's so good. It's so good. Why is it so good? (laughs) 
Man, don't even talk to me about pastry cream. I really and truly would just, yeah, no. This is not the right podcast. Oh, well, good. So eclairs. Yeah, and so that's all down there. <laughs> don't laugh. What's the right podcast? For that? Just curious. This is no, this not. is a foodie podcast. You that do makes it? sense. You're not curious. <laughs> But and then um, obviously he he does the wedding cakes at the mill, um, and then he does desserts up here too on the weekends. So he he's all over the place. So busy dude. He's a busy dude. And then obviously you can find me at Fine Creek Brewing Company. We're about eight point two miles off two eighty eight on Seven Eleven. So it's not so far out that it's you know way out there, but it's still a beautiful drive and nice country. Awesome. You're listening to Edith Virginia with Roby and Scott and Sarah Toko of Fine Creek Brewing, the head chef of Fine Creek Brewing. (laughs) And scene. I have more Thanksgiving options, Scott. More Thanksgiving options? (laughs) Yes, so many. Apparently I'm eating alone, so how do I I need those options? You can go from Shag Bark. You can do, I mean, you could... Call Buzz and Ned. What are you doing for Thanksgiving? That's a better, bigger question. Uh, no, I talk about it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm glad we have a podcast then. We're getting a pie. We're getting a pie from Brenner Pass. That's beautiful. Yep. Okay. Um, I uh, don't have any other major plans other than that. That's why I don't want to talk about it because it's like it's super sad. So I, that's why I think I'm just going to eat a whole pie from Brenner Pass. I mean, that could be Wednesday. That could be Tuesday. That could be right now. <laughs> what are we waiting for? I don't know. But what kind of pie did you order? The salted caramel one. Mm, I know. Sounds so good. It does. So anyway, what is your plan? Because you didn't tell me. I don't. We don't have a plan yet. This coming weekend, I'm heading to the mountains. But where uh, are the mountains? A request has been made for me to bring a charcuterie tray, and I know that there are companies now that kind of do that. Meats and cheeses. Yes. Can you recommend one or two? Oh God, RV Cheese Girl for sure, or Little Mouse. Is it too late to order them, or do they? Or, so, Amazing Grace, who is Koshi, who is, like, uh, of Urban Hang Suite, also great. And I don't think it is. I think you just call him right up. I'm going to get on that this week, then. Ah, so, cheese platters, charcuterie, solo. Why don't you guys send us a message on what you think we should do, or what Scott should do solo. Ha! (laughs) Ha! She's laughing at my lame Thanksgiving plans. This is I amazing. Did. Send us to it. Send these to us at Virginia at Gmail, at on Instagram, at Virginia on Twitter, and as always at Scott Wise, at Scott underscore Wise on Instagram. May God bless America. <laughs>